there are spoilers, possible spoilers for anyone watching anything. There are spoilers to some of the topics that we'll be talking about. Thank you and welcome to Prisoners of Pop Culture. <laughs> Since when is that how we started? Start, I don't know. I can never remember how I start things. You just say the spoilers <laughs> and then count down and then we go away. Like, well, All I can think of is I'm like, well, I'll just edit it <laughs> really quick. Splice it. Oh, sorry, Sheila. I just screwed that up for you. <laughs> it's fine. I was, uh, yeah. I mean, we can keep this in if y'all want. Ever have it together? No. Okay. <laughs> Clearly not by that intro. <laughs> I'm Andy. Hi, Andy. I'm Sheila. Hi, Andy and Sheila. I'm Josie. Hi, Josie. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Welcome. I love how much the introductions make you so uncomfortable. <laughs> it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I just like to make you uncomfortable by staring at you. Well, as y'all know, this is where we talk about all things pop culture. We have a couple topics. Also, Sheila has introduced a new fun adventure for us on this episode, Um, (laughs) which I'm slightly nervous about because she has been excited about this hot topic (laughs) for us. Second. I have a lot of hot top or not hot topics on popular opinions. <laughs> yeah. So why, don't, why don't we just go ahead straight into it? It is unpopular peeling opinions. What just happened to me? Unpopular opinions. Should we just call this segment "Unpopular Opinions" by Sheila? <laughs> that's what I was about to say. We could do that if that's what you. And occasionally, Andy and Josie may have something. If they have but... something. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have one. Unpopular opinions with Sheila. I even get oh, my Andy. That's nice. I mean, I was gonna say that you know, I might, I might have an unpopular opinion sometimes. That's fair. I know Andy does, but. Sheila what has been on your mind because I feel like it's been wearing at you for a second it's like been three weeks I feel maybe two it's only been like one week since I told you oh (laughs) (laughs) it does feel like you've had a long week so Tom Brady we all know that he just announced his retirement Giselle's husband go ahead I think everybody knows who Tom Brady is. <laughs> people who didn't know who Tom Brady was. <laughs> that's the only person. That's how I. That's how I remember him. If you don't know who Tom Brady is, he used to be the Patriots quarterback, and then he moved to tap, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something. Like yeah, that. it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you don't know him from NFL and the '95 like <laughs> Super Bowls he won that. Literally everybody knows him from around the world. He is also Giselle Bunchin, the supermodel's oh. husband. Just so you know. So okay. 
Tom Brady, the quarterback. On popular opinion, I am not sad that he just announced his retirement. I think he should have done it a year ago when he was at his, like, kind of end of his prime because he had just won a Super Bowl. And I think he only stuck around <laughs> so, so he could win another Super Bowl, which did not happen. Sorry. The disclaimer was for me, by the way. She looked me straight in the eye and said, because he just won another Super Bowl. <laughs> I think he, and I do think that's why he stuck around. But you know, I think he, and I think he's realizing that. Unpopular opinion to your unpopular opinion is that an unpopular opinion? Um, for the Tom Brady fans, yeah. Um, yeah. I had Tom Brady fans on my social media that were just like, oh my, like they were in. Well, they acted like they were in tears. Maybe they really were, or really weren't. I don't know, but. They were doing their crying face emoji on all the, like, news. And I was like, meh. I'm just not that sad about it. But I, don't, I guess I don't get, I, like, I'm just not attached to Tom. I don't really like Tom Brady. That's fair. Andy, Tom Brady is one of those players that's very polarizing. People either love him or they love to hate him. They hate him. I'm one of those. Um, actually, I don't love to hate him. I just don't like him. My sister, uh, does, my sister hates him. <laughs> like, legit <laughs> hates him? Like, she doesn't care who's playing it, especially when the, he was with the pet with the Pats, like the Patriots. Yeah. She was like, "Okay, I just want him to lose." <laughs> like, just, like, I guess awesome. I was. I'm similar to that. Like I wasn't like I don't care, you know. Like I was just like, mm, "Oh, Tom, these two are playing. I'm gonna root for the other team." Yeah. So. I'm legitimately a shocker to know when didn't care enough to feel that way but i do register everyone else being like that like whenever there was a super bowl whenever there was a thing they're like he's in it again it's so weird because it's the same thing when it comes with like a lot of stuff it was like which i'm oh my gosh i'm sure people would come for me they'd be like you don't know why we hate him i don't i don't and i'm okay with it but it's almost like we build them up like look how great they can be and then it's like at what point do they become the villains for being that great. I just yeah. never really liked I guess like his persona that he put out or maybe it's just like his, you know, him being very proud. I don't know, like there's Peyton Manning who was like amazing, but he was very kind of genuine humble. and down to earth and humble, you know, and even his brother Eli, I feel like they're very kind of like these like just down to earth kind of guys. And I just don't feel that way about Tom Brady. It's really funny because you're saying this, Sheila, and I'm like, you know, like, I remembered when Favre went from, like, the Packers to the Vikings. Yeah. And it was like, dude, just retire. Like, but why I, are you going to another team? I felt but that when, way. like, Manning went to the Broncos, like, I was totally okay with it. I was totally okay with him going to the Broncos, too. And it's not because I yeah. liked the Broncos or, like, went for the Broncos or anything. I was just okay with him making that transition. I don't know why. But then, like, because when some other quarterbacks have done it, I'm like, but why? Like, just go away. I think maybe. Just go away. I think for Peyton Manning, we still had a little, like, we all knew he still had a few more years. And, like, he had one whole year where he was with the Colts where he, he didn't play at all because of his surgery and his neck injury. So he couldn't play. And then luck Luck, luck, I think it was luck, ended up becoming like his replacement and did really well that that year. 
And so he kind of took Peyton's place. So it was the only natural thing for Peyton to do was go someplace else that wanted him. And I think, you know, obviously the Broncos was the best place for him because he was able, he had a great team and he ended up getting a Super Bowl. I feel like the (laughs) ego behind it is different. Like Manning was like, I just want to play football. I want to go to a good team. I feel like Brady was like, I can make any team win a Super Bowl because it's me. Uh... Yes. Yeah, like far, like far, like I think far, like just really loved the sport. And it was like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. So it's like, I was just like, but why don't you just retire? But it was like, fine, whatever. But like, I feel like that's where the difference is, is like Brady's just is like very egotistical behind everything. And a lot of people will be like, well, yeah, when you're that great, you can be that egotistical. And it's like, yeah, but that's not always enjoyable to watch. And you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's my biggest thing. Like what you just said about Tom Brady. I love how the only thing I really had to say during the entire segment is co-signing whatever y'all were saying. <laughs> I'm like, no, because you don't have to be. Yeah, you don't right. have to be, no. <laughs> And he's married to Giselle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like when, he, when honestly, he, he went to the Broncos, I'm like, mm, the Broncos. I Honestly, though, like I read like a tweet or a post or something that Giselle made where it was like, I'm totally going to paraphrase, but it basically was like, yeah, now he can spend time with his family. Like, he's giving up to the sport. Where yeah. I feel like even Giselle was like, dude, you should have retired. Please. She's like, bitch, come <laughs> home. She's like, why didn't you retire when Peyton retired? She's like, I retired. You can yeah. retire. Well, Peyton and him, they both started pro around the same time. Maybe a year or two different but i want to say it was around the same um year they both started the nfl about the same time like they were in a long time together so like peyton retired in 2016 i think 17 yeah i don't know that i've got nothing so it's been you know like he went an extra five years or whatever i do know that peyton manny was really funny on snl a couple weekends ago when he was talking about they were like wanting him to do weekend update of like my emily in paris yeah (laughs) they were like yeah Yeah. give us give us some highlights about like the playoffs and what's going on and he like the whole segment was him talking about emily in paris and how he binged the two seasons (laughs) (laughs) it was really funny i i mean i think i love him and his brother they're just very i just feel like i could hang out with them there was also like the deflate gate with Brad with Brady and the Pats and like yeah. it was just the mm-hmm. whole thing where I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like over okay, it. whatever. Tom Brady, oh, 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 oh. yeah. I'm over Brady. Yeah. So <laughs> that's my unpopular opinion. I don't like him and I think he should retire a long time ago. I especially this unpopular year. I approve this unpopular opinion. Thank you. <laughs> I still question how unpopular it is. Uh, <laughs> well you ask like Pats fans that like still love him. Yeah. Ask your family, Andy, how they feel about I it. I don't want to. Ooh, that might be fun. Oh, it's a dare, can you? And then report back to us. Could. Out of- I mean, I probably could, but I just am afraid I'll check out and then y'all be like, what they say? And I'll be like, I have no idea. Just, just record them. Oh, I was just like, well, I'll sister, North but I think I have Jennifer's number. I'm pretty sure in North Carolina you can record them without telling them that you're recording them. <laughs> and then Josie and I can listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> I don't know why. 
Well, now I feel uncomfortable every time I'm in North Carolina with you. I don't record. I don't do that. I mean, if it's ever, if you ever need to know for the state of Illinois, you have to make the other person aware that you're recording them. It's a two-party state. Josie, we're recording you right now. Oh, oh, wait, I was not aware of that. I always tell you guys because I get a little thing, let everybody know you're being recorded. Is that why you say it? Is that why there's this big red dot that says Sheila's recording the call? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. But yes, it really does say let everyone know they're being recorded. That's hilarious. I thought you were just saying it to warn us. I thought you were saying it to like... (laughs) focus like i legitimately I mean, thought that's why you had some really bad conversations going right before sheila records so i just thought it was a warning <laughs> to be on your best behavior <laughs> oh, i love it no no it really does say it skype puts out a little thing telling me to tell you that all right that's fun andy so is learning topic. technology andy what's During our episode wait is this our secret topic that we don't know we don't know what andy's going to ask us now or bring up it oh, is no. not I'm you still have to wait for that one this oh. one <laughs> wait okay i'm so confused this one is we have been given not intentionally but a lot of the hot topics have been about netflix because that's been a lot of the where the shows have really been popping off lately but I want to talk, and I'm going to do it differently this time, because the first episode of this, y'all had to convince me to watch. I had to convince y'all to watch a movie. And it was hell for me. And I never wanted to do it again. Because <laughs> it felt like I was just reciting stuff the entire time. So at least there's two of you. Um, but I wanted to talk about Encanto. Mm-hmm. Encanto. Encanto. I, I said it weird. Encanto. Um, because, I mean, it's literally taking over where it's at the top of the Billboard yep. charts. It has kicked off Frozen. It's been up there for two weeks, and now it's at the top of, like, I want to say the global charts. Don't come at me. And it's really just kind of going crazy. It's all over TikTok. I practically know the entire song just from TikTok. Which song? Bruno or yeah. the other one? You don't talk about Bruno. Uh, I, honestly, I would have thought that Luisa's song was the one that you would know because that's the one everybody's like dancing and doing stuff. I to. do know that one too, but like, under pressure or whatever. It kind yeah, of felt yeah. like that one was the one that everyone went with at first, and then I think it's because I'm probably on like messy talk, and that's where they like we don't talk about this, but we are going to talk about this. And it was a really fun thing where they literally were like, we don't talk about this. And they turned around and then said something. You're watching people's expressions be like, <gasps> and because they're actually dropping tea. Tell me what you think about this. Also, I love all the characters that I'm seeing out there. Mm. There is actual like figurines and like real, yeah. like, real looking people from the movie where it's not like straight up Barbie and everything else. So it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see. Okay. So big thing is that Disney was actually trying to get the design, the artist to change Louisa to look more like Isabella and they refused to Mm -hmm. do it. And they were like, nobody's going to like her because she's not a princess. She doesn't, she's not skinny. She's not whatever. So they were trying to make them, the, them change it. And they were like, you can't. This is it would change everything. She has to be the because they wanted her to be like small and dainty and still be really strong. And they were like, no, you cannot do that. And then Disney was like blown away because Louisa doll was selling out more than the Isabella doll. Yeah. Well, it was also like the amount of people saying, I finally see myself on TV. Like 
that just look have that build from every single character character. like antonio yeah they're little kids little kids feeling like the baby maribel uh maribella um antonio luisa like all dolores like all of them they were like oh my gosh like they, there's really somebody that looks like me. Yeah. And I was actually talking about this movie with um, a couple of my really close girlfriends. And one of them is Mexican. Her whole family is Mexican. And the other one is Irish, very white. But her husband is Haitian and he's very dark. And the, her children are mixed. And we had a really interesting conversation about this movie because... My friend whose family is Mexican, her kids, even more than in Coco, like her kids when they saw Encanto were like, "That's us!" oh my gosh, they look like us. Yeah. Like that family looks like us. Those characters look like us. We were just talking about like the importance of representation where more than in any other movie, like this movie represents like the people of like Colombia and that culture so much where you really get the variety of like skin tone skin and tone hair. that you see in that like from like Tia Peppa to yeah. like Dolores to Felix to like to Luisa and Isabella like Ab- Abuela like how all yeah. of them look Antonio like you really do get the full spectrum of what some of the like Central America, South America, Caribbean countries look like. And people were just like, oh, my gosh, like, finally. Yeah, like, I'm in a I'm in a couple uh, curly girl hair groups uh on Facebook. And they're just like, my kid is so happy. Like, there's somebody on TV that or in a movie that has their hair, you know, like, yes, there's one that has like the the beautiful long straight hair but everybody else has oh no not my hair my hair's actually curly sometimes not today i actually strained she she blows dries it and straightens it to get it to look like that (laughs) most of the time it's up in a bone a bun so you don't even know what it looks like but um but yeah like you know these kids are just so excited and like the different textures like they're showing like the, Mm -hmm. the one little boy has extra extra curly hair and mirabelle has like the big curls and that's what i love seeing on tiktok of them like literally standing beside it yeah yeah glow and i know i could recognize that too when mr credit when mr incredible came on the scene during pixar's the incredible i was like i'm recognized (laughs) <laughs> his <laughs> legs are way too skinny to be right <laughs> jk it was just because he had no neck <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was i mean but honestly like just with everything it was like the abilities that they all have the the skin tones that they all have like the fears that they all have like i yeah. really feel like this is one of the first movies to encompass so many things that people are feeling. And I think that people are, are one, have always felt. Yeah. But I think, too, that people are feeling even more from, like, this pandemic and, like, just with things that have been going on around them and, like, the stress of, like, trying to keep their families together and, like, doing everything that they need to do. Like, I just feel like it just was, like, the story is so beautiful and, like, the way that they did it and represented the culture was so beautiful and then 
Andy. And I mean, then you add Lin-Manuel Miranda to it? I mean, yeah. come on. It's just so, he like... He is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. I did see a lot of smash-ups of that one. My entire knowledge of this, in case no one has caught on it's yet, TikTok. is TikTok. Um, <laughs> but I have seen a lot of mashups of that where it's like, are these all the same movies? They have, like, a lot of the same melody mm-hmm. on some of them. Um, but I don't think it really cares. Like, it's the lyrics. But to be perfectly, but to be perfectly honest, at. all composers are like that. Yeah. 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 Elfman, he does. Elfman is like that. Williams is like that. Andrew Lloyd Webber is like that. Steven Schwartzman, he's the one who wrote Wicked. Um, He also wrote Little, uh, The Secret Garden, and he also wrote um, Children of Eden and some other uh, other. Sondheim. There's literally a sequence in Children of Eden that is literally the exact same in Wicked. Like, when you're a composer, like, there's just things that are, like, your signature that you stick to that people are going to be able to hear you and be like, oh, that's that person. It's probably also, like, when singers have a certain run or they have a way of singing things. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I just love how it's, like, I mean, it really is taking major themes, like, generational trauma. Oh, for sure. And mm-hmm. putting it in like a Disney form, but at the same time, like still reaching people. The amount of reaction videos to those songs and just like straight up tears yeah. of their like, and she was the firstborn, where they just kind of scroll and they're like wiped out by yeah. that song. Yeah. Well, and this is, yeah. I love, I love Under Pressure. And um, I actually shared with you guys on Instagram, um, and I can probably find a way to share them on Facebook with our listeners. But there was a, she was like a psychologist or something like that. And she broke down each character and mm-hmm. like about who they were and why they were the way they were. And it was really great. But like Louis with Louisa, I have a lot of friends that are like, "Oh, it's the finally there's the older sister's anthem," and I was like, "But couldn't this be like anybody's anthem that's had to step up and take care of their family for whatever reason?" Yeah, I, I mean, and I and I don't mind telling people, and because not everybody knows my story, but like when it comes up, I'm like. Yeah, when I was 17, 18, my my part-time job money that I had was helping my mom pay for bills because unfortunately there was a time in our life when my dad made some bad choices and put my family into debt. And the only way we made it through the summer cuz my mom was a teacher and she was she was teaching during the summer also to help pay the bills was me buying the groceries. Like mom paid house and everything, but I was I was paying for groceries. Here mm-hmm. I am at seventeen. Like none of my other friends are buying their groceries for their families no. at seventeen. So yeah. you know, and I'm the They're baby of the family, right? And I was paying for my own gas, and so there's things. But like I just I feel like I'm like sometimes we can't like say this is just the big sister anthem because people that have had to take care of their family members, even if they were the younger member of the family for whatever reason, that like really called out to him. I think her under pressure song also called out to a lot of like mothers, single mothers, just mothers, mothers. So, cause sometimes we take on everything that the families mm-hmm. needs us to do. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> want to take away from any of like, cause a, a lot of what 
I was seeing is like the Hispanic firstborn and then the generational when it comes to them trying to even survive here. Isabella is the oldest. How much? Or I might have not. Yeah. Well, no, they're no, you're saying it right. Like they're saying like, oh, this is the oldest daughter anthem, but Isabella is actually the oldest. I'm almost positive. The flower girl? Is she the flower girl? Because she's the firstborn, she was supposed to be perfect. Like she yes. is, like makes everything beautiful, and like yeah. that was like her whole thing was that she was feeling pressure because she was perfect. But sorry, Andy, go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying, like even for me, I never had to do anything that you did, Sheila. But over the years, and Josie can attest to, is I mm-hmm. felt like being a blended family, I always had to play the song and dance to keep things light. Right. So it's like if something went crazy wrong somewhere, I always had to like like try to get everyone back together. And so that like it felt like the family wasn't going to fall apart, Um, which that would be interesting if my family actually ever heard that, because I don't know if they know that I did or even felt that way. But um, <laughs> but it really was like, I mean, I've had them say like, you know, I wish you would come in more so that we could you know, have you as a buffer, and that sounds hard to say, but, like, you know, there's just tough moments, and so it's just, like, well, the little bit that I did hear from that, I did kind of relate to. Right. Yeah. I mean, my um, sister, I sent something to my sister about it, because my oldest sister had her brain, has her brain trauma, and, like, she had her brain tumor and everything, and, like, I sent something to my sister where they were, like, the oldest sister, blah, 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 and I sent that to her, and I was, like, you know, or the younger siblings. Yeah. And my sister was like, if that's not us. And mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, like, I think April and I even feel it on different levels where okay. I feel like April's probably way more that sister yeah. who is really like holding everything together. But I'm also that person where I feel like I can't crack and I can't like show my anxieties or I can't show Mm -hmm. my issues or the things that I feel like I'm missing out on or the stuff that I'm doing because it's like, like a little bit like what Andy said, like I come in and it's like, I'm the pressure, pressure relief Mm -hmm. where it's like, Oh, well she's back. Okay. We can all kind of like suspend reality a little bit. She's home. Like, let's all be like a big happy family. And I mean, like I told you guys this, but even like last year, like, I very reluctantly was like saying something to my family where I was just like, oh my gosh, like you guys, I just feel like you're bickering a lot. And I was like, and it's just adding to my anxiety. And then I felt immediately bad for saying that because Mm -hmm. then my mom immediately was like, well, I don't want to add to any like, oh, well, we can't add to this. And then it just, I was like, that's not even why I said that. Yeah. And so then I felt like I couldn't say certain things because I was like, oh, my God, you know, so it's like, I mean, like my sister and I can kind of hold that together. But I think there's many, many, many things where it's like she's definitely like that person. Yeah. (laughs) Like Um, doing it. It's yeah. One thing that I did think was really cool, which I, again, learned via TikTok was that Bruno was hidden in a lot mm-hmm. of scenes. Like, you don't realize he's there. I mean, y'all may realize he's there, but... You have to look they, they also use the color of his robe as the same color that they use in Disney parks to make yeah. things kind of disappear. 
So it's like the green that they use to kind of make it disappear into like the trees or the foliage. So you don't yeah. see like a trash can or anything like that. So it was kind or of like a electrical like box ex- or whatever. Yeah, like it was like that exact green that they used on him. Um, also, side note, all the toys look really cool. I'm not even going to lie. Like it's very colorful. Mm-hmm. They look a lot. I know y'all are like, what? You like the toys? Um, I think that's part of the reason why I've actually held off seeing it because I don't want to see it because then I'm afraid I'm going to be like <laughs> attached. Oh, yeah. I thought you didn't want to see it because you were going to feel attacked and cry the whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we both know I don't do emotions. So deep down, that's probably the real reason I'm going to stick with toys. <laughs> it's the toys. It is absolutely, it's probably one of the most colorful yeah shows they have done in so long and then you just add you add the music to it and it's it's just absolutely beautiful and i am not kidding andy when i say the the opening song that they have i need you to do that for me for your family it would help me (laughs) so if you ever oh yeah the family Mag- Mag- uh, Magriol. Mag- oh, it's, it's a rundown of who everybody's in the family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I need that. And like what family. their gifts are and like what everything like that. Are. It's so and, funny. And, and what I love about the show, and I know, I know it's because of Miranda, but he has musicals are his thing. Like this is completely a musical that could get put on stage. It's not mm-hmm. going to need a lot of um it's not gonna need song changes yeah or anything like that honestly like a musical opening number seeing some of the shows that disney has done the lion king was amazing like the puppetry and everything that they did with that yeah and then like seeing some of their other shows aladdin aladdin was really good i still think Lion King was far superior to it with how they did stuff. But it I was haven't still... seen I haven't seen Lion King, and I would agree with that because I have seen Aladdin, and I just know like it was good. Yeah, it wasn't like like the magic. Everybody says Lion King. Yeah, um, Mary Poppins was like amazing how they did it, and like the whole walk. There's like one point where they actually get up and tap and walk around the proscenium of the stage so and stuff. Amazing. It's so amazing, and like how they do the magic bag and like all this different stuff. I would love to see them do this on stage live and like bring the house because the house is a character too. The house is alive. Yeah. The house is alive and a big integral part of it. Like to see how they could do the magic and like the puppetry that they could come out with it. Like it would be amazing to see. I think if they did it a little bit more, not like exactly like Lion King, but if they could, do a lot of the silhouetting and like the puppetry of it, it would be like yeah. so good. Yeah. That's cool. Be, I think so if colorful. they decide to, it would, it would just work really well. They may have to add some other stuff, but I don't, I don't think that they're going to have to write many more songs or anything like they can just take what they have and go with it. Yeah. Honestly. It's so when it's on Broadway, we're going. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's also really interesting because, I mean, obviously the whole point of the show, of the show, of the movie, is that, or, and, like, the story, I guess, is that this magical family, when they're of a certain age, are given a gift. Yeah. And it's, like, you have this magical gift, and then they are told that you have to give this gift back to the community because we've been blessed to have this magic. And... 
obviously Maribel doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't get hers. And so that's the whole thing of like, you know, making sure that she doesn't destroy the family magic because she didn't get her gift. But there's also things in it, too. Like, one of the things that got pointed out the other day is that, which is also why I love this movie and why I like a lot of the newer newer Disney stuff that's coming out, because you can watch it a hundred times and still catch things Little that things, are new. Yeah. Like, one of the things that they were talking about with Luisa's character is that they were like, not only is she the strongest one in trying to hold all the family together and stuff, she's one of the only people in the family besides Maribel's fa- parents who is constantly trying to get her in with the family because she knows. Because that's the thing, too, is Louisa is the one who understands. She's, for whatever reason, because of her strength, she understands the magic. Yeah. She feels it more, maybe, I think. She feels it more, yeah. And so she feels how Mary Bell actually helps it. And so there's tons of pictures and scenes throughout the whole movie where she's trying to bring Mary Bell into the into the family and not on the outside of it. And I always think that like when you go back and you can catch little things like that, it's so interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, like you were talking about how like Bruno's like the color of the green. It's like those little things of like Louisa constantly trying to get Maribel like into everything. And then like there was even um, the father of the three girls, Maribel, Louisa and Isabella. He wears a flower for Isabella and then each one of his socks is a design for Louisa and Maribel. Mm-hmm. So it's like even like little snippets of that where it's like, okay, you know, there's there's all of that stuff. And then like like as much as they have all of this stuff going on, there's like core people who are trying to keep it all together. But I was talking about this with with a friend and she was like, Yeah, but it's so dumb that she, like, Maribel didn't get a gift. Even in the end, she didn't get a gift. And I was like, she did. I was like, then you literally missed the whole point of the movie. She got a gift. Because she got thing? a gift. She's had the gift the whole time. <laughs> I think she had the whole, I think she had a gift the whole time. <laughs> I think she had a gift the whole time, but the gift was like. It wasn't like everybody else's. Right. Her gift wasn't, like, I don't even think, I honestly feel like she was born with her gift she wasn't given her gift she was born with the gift because the house responded to her differently than anybody else even when she was a child yeah because the house is a part of the magic and it's part of like everything yeah and um she just had a relationship with it that you didn't really you didn't really see with anybody else because, like, Luis is moving everything. Mm-hmm. Isabella is um, decorating everything. The, the the cousin that changes, he just changed from character to character. Well, not character oh, to character. Oh, yeah. Uh, Camilo? Um, is it Camilo? No, yeah. Camilo? Yeah. And then... Um, but oh. he changed from character to character. And they you show him in... you sh- They show him in the very beginning in the community and he like changed into a mother so he could entertain the baby so she could take a nap. Yeah. Like he, like he did stuff like that. Yeah. And then, um, Oh, this Dolores could hear. She like, she can hear, she hears really well. And what's really great about that is that's kind of like a sensitivity for like people that, um, artistic or even just, just have a sensory over processing or overload. 
And there's a lot of people out there that are maybe not autistic, but they just, they have that sensory issue. Mm-hmm. And so here we have, we finally have somebody that just has a sensory issue and she can hear everything. I loved all the TikToks talking about, because they break down a lot of the characters. Yeah. And then they, they talked about her. They're like, you don't really catch it all the time, but she really is speaking softer than most everyone else because she realizes how loud her words can be. Mm-hmm. And then when she, um, when she claps, it's just her two forefingers, like like her first fingers, like yeah. this. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to hear it, and because like she doesn't want to add to the noise. So it's little things like that that like they put amazes so much. me. Yeah, it amazes me yeah. when it comes to character development and like how they design and what they think. About. Well, even like Tia Peppa with like her emotions, like she caused like hurricanes and thunderstorms. She reminds me of being like a little bit of like maybe somebody that's a bit bipolar or manic depressive yeah um that just it, it's hard to she was know, yeah one minute you're happy one minute you're sad and upset and so yeah like I kind of felt that yeah because like even her husband is like you know like like their story her and her husband's wedding day is like what starts the we don't talk about Bruno yeah because oh, they not- start talking about their wedding day mm-hmm. it's my yeah. wedding day it was yeah. a wedding day and that's when they start talking about it. And, like, one of the things that, like, they were talking about, especially when, like, Bruno comes back into the family, is he's like, I just wanted you to fully feel your emotions and express yourself through your emotions. Because, like, yeah, like, Sheila, like what you were saying, but I think it's also just as simple as, like, you have people who are afraid of their emotions and don't know mm-hmm. how to handle them and react yeah. to them. And so they just bottle them up and then, like, like something happens where they don't expect it. Yeah, I'm exam. I'm a perfect example of this. <laughs> I was about to be like, "Why are you calling me out?" No, like I'm a perfect example of this because it's like I get really, really mad, mm-hmm. and then instead of trying to show I'm mad, I try to hold it in, and then what ends up happening is I start crying, and then when I and it only happens at work. I have another friend who's like this, where we're like, I only cry at work. I mean, that's not, like, the only place I cry, but, like, I'll get so mad, and then I'll be, like, talking to somebody, and it's, like, I was so mad, and then I started crying, and then they, like, looked at me, and then they were, like, why are you crying, and then you feel like an hysterical woman, because you're, like, now they're crying, and they don't know how to handle you, and you're, like, I'm crying because I'm pissed off, because this is how I show my anger, but it's, like, I show my anger through that, and it's not the appropriate emotion, because I'm hiding my other emotion, and I'm, trying, everything and I'm has, trying to hide my yeah. anger. Everything has just piled yeah. up. And that was your breaking point. And for you, breaking point, instead of, like, lashing out, was just Yeah, crying. like, I'm still just going to cry and be within myself and, like, lash out at everybody else. I mean, you say it's not the appropriate emotion. It's still better than punching someone in the face. I mean, I guess that depends on how you look at it. I'd rather punch somebody in the face, but I don't want to get a lawsuit. That's why I said it's better. <laughs> Um, I guess yeah so I mean it is like it is really interesting like when you dissect all the characters then you know you have like Abuela who's just like scared of change and scared of the past like she's so holding on to the past because that's what worked for her and you know she had all the trauma of herself that she needed to deal with that she didn't deal with and so she's so afraid of anything changing like yeah I loved Mirabelle's mother and how she was just like Mom, you need to accept her for who she is. 
Mm-hmm. Because like, like you're always so hard on her. You're always so hard, on her, especially because like you know the first like five years of her life, it seemed like Mirabelle and Grandma had like this great relationship, and then she didn't get her gift, and it was which like, is which is part of the reason why I think she was born with her gift, because she had the best relationship with the house out of yeah. all of the kids. So I think her grandmother thought that she was gonna have like the most special gift, one. yeah, and like a big one. And she just couldn't look past what her truth was to yeah. see that she had a bigger gift. She already had it, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. But, yeah, I I do think, let's see here, this was nominated for three Oscars, if you didn't know that. The best animated feature film. And it's basically going up against uh, Luca. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's like a whole bunch of Disney's um, movies. Luca, Rhea... Um, I think there might be one more Disney movie, and then there's um oh, something in the the machines. Did you guys see that one? It's on Netflix. Sorry, let me pull up my um no the article. It's it's a cute show, Andy. You would like it. Um. Okay, they are okay. Encanto is against up against Flea, mm-hmm. Luca, Raya, and the Last Dragon. And no. the Mitchells versus the Machines. Andy, oh, go, no, have I heard of that? You should go watch that one. I think you'll enjoy it. There's three Disney movies in the uh, animated feature film. And then um, the best original score and best song are the nominations that they've been in for the Oscars. So it's going to be it's gonna be fun to see yeah, how they yeah, do. Yes. Yeah, Andy, you need to watch this pronto. I will watch it. We gotta talk about Bruno and Mirabelle. Also, all star cast, really quick. All star cast. It's amazing cast. John Lucasamo does Bruno. Yeah. I can never remember her name, but she's um she's in In the Heights and Brooklyn Nine Nine. She yeah. does Mirabelle. I love it when the people are always like, "How does this go from this to this to this?" And I'm like, "It's a match." They have range. What? We like, can do multiple Shocking. Things. Shocker. <laughs> Not everyone does the same character all the time. Sure we do. All right. So we know we don't talk about Bruno. We don't? We don't. I do. But, I do. Well, Josie, I'm not surprised you do. But also... <laughs> in this next topic, which I did not tell them that we are going to be talking about. Secret topic. Secret topic. And y'all are going to be we like, don't it's talk a secret. about the secret topic. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, is this really a secret? This is massive and going on right now. No. It's a secret for us. But oh have gosh. you have heard the conversation? Which she's <laughs> hyperventilating. <laughs> had you have heard the conversation prior to us actually starting? This person also said, I know you don't like talking about this, which is not true. I am just not as invested as they are. And quite frankly, I swear we should be recording this moment of just like (laughs) letting her know that's coming out because she's beaming about to pop out of her chair. We may not talk about Bruno, but what we might not have talked about before, but we have touched on is Olympic Josie. And so... (laughs) There is traditional Josie that you have all grown to love. 
<laughs> and then there's the Josie that comes around every two years. And that is when the Olympics is here and she is all in. Like there have been periods before where I legitimately have not talked to her for weeks. And it's because <laughs> the Olympics were on. Well, and this year we actually got it twice in a 12 month period. Because last summer, the summer Olympics were a year late. Life because and she had pe- to wait for it, but now she has it back to back. But and Peacock was like absolutely horrible for the Summer Olympics, and they've been amazing during this Winter Olympics with their coverage and how they handle everything. So I've been really happy because I was really upset about how I had to watch the Summer Olympics. I'm sorry, but she let. Um, th- I'm not even kidding. I think there's. I think I have a screenshot of it, and I feel like the memory actually just popped up in the last day or two. Andy oh, messaged me. And was like, dear Olympic Josie, <laughs> um, enjoy the next two weeks. Please call me when it's over. So, but <laughs> and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this on a past episode. Um, Josie so. came to visit um, a couple years ago during the Summer Olympics. The Summer Olympics. It was actually the year I was pregnant with Dash. It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. The summer <laughs> 2012. Um, London. <laughs> she knows um but I remember like I can't it's like a Saturday or something and I don't know what we had planned but like Eric and I and Josie were all just sitting on the couches and the chairs and we're watching the Olympics and then and here's the thing like winter daytime broadcast so it's, it's like daytime. bicycling <laughs> it's like well, random we, stuff we, we, we watched watch. we did watch the bicycling and yeah. then it changed to like a volley it's like volleyball it's like handball it? and hockey and racquetball all rolled into one um but they were like on a half court but there was like <laughs> eight players on each team I remember this because you were talking about it for a second. All three of us were like, I don't know what game this is, and we but I'm so invested. And we watched, we watched it. like, yeah, the entire like segment of it. And here we are 10 years later and we still know what it is. I've looked it up multiple times and I keep forgetting what it's called <laughs> every time I look. Like, I look it up. Yeah. I, I, I know I tell Josie, I'm like, we were watching, blah, blah, blah. like, we were watching the rowing. Yeah. We were like the team and then the doubles and then like the sing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all three of us are pretty into sports anyway, so that was, like, perfect, and you were, like, you were pretty pregnant, so it was just kind of, like, Sheila was was just, like, as long as I don't have to move a lot, and it's, I'm not hot, like, I'll be fine. I'm not hot, because it was. Because it was August in North Carolina. Oh, yeah, gross. It's horrible. Yeah. Sorry for all those North Carolina people, but August, North Carolina, for Wyoming people, it's really, really gross. For somebody who grows up there, my sister was pregnant twice. Well, no, once. Um, another sister was pregnant twice, but she was. <laughs> I was like, you have two nephews. <laughs> I know. Well, it's because Jessica, I remember I saw Jessica Moore when she was pregnant in North Carolina with the boys. And it was like with my oldest nephew, it was in August. And she hated life. It was just like. I remember my other sister, who actually was pregnant twice in August, she was more in the mountains, so I think it was cooler, so she didn't have as much. Yeah, but when you're, like, and I was coastal, I do remember that summer not being as hot as it had been the summer prior, so I was was thankful for that, but man, summer, pregnant, heat, mm -mm. okay, okay, Olympics. Here's the thing, (laughs) here's the thing with Olympic Josie. 
Yes. I remember things from my childhood <laughs> and the Olympics. I, I remember, well, I remember a lot of things from my childhood, but do you remember like, when the Olympics? <laughs> oh, actually, it's really funny because I was talking to some friends the other night and we were talking about. Yeah. We were talking about the men's figure skating and we they were like, oh, what would you do if your shoelace broke? And I was like, I'd pull a Tanya Harding and I would just go up to the judges and like throw my foot up on the table and like start crying. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, you don't remember when Tanya Harding did that? And I was no. like, she was performing and then like blah, blah. And they were like, why, why do you remember that? And I was like, well, it was the same year that Nancy Kerrigan got silver and Oxana Bayou got the gold. And it was like this whole thing. And then she like had this whole thing. Ha and they were like. Why do you remember that? Because it was a big freaking deal. Like when I remember we were Michelle like Kwan. Thirteen like or whatever. She was humongous. Yeah. yeah, Michelle Kwan was humongous. She never got her gold. She got her gold in our hearts. Shout out Michelle Kwan. But it's like growing up, the Olympics was like my family sat and we watched a lot of stuff. I was definitely like one of those families that like we watched TV. My yeah, family yeah. watches TV. I think it's funny when people are like, oh, you don't want to be one of those families that watches TV. Because my family, we grew up going to the movies. We grew up watching TV. We had dinner together all the time. Like, we weren't, like, sitting around a dinner table, but we had dinner together as much as we possibly could. Right. All of us avidly read, like, on road Thank trips you. and stuff like that. My whole family would read. We would listen to audiobooks. So it was like... I feel like you can be a TV family and still be very well-rounded. Like being yeah, yeah. a TV sure. family does not make you a bad family. Mm -mm. No. And I think sometimes it gets a negative connotation, but like growing up, like, I don't know. Like there's just certain things that I always remember in my family. We always sat down and watched together. We always watched election night together. We always watched the Olympics together. We always watched Super Bowl together. We would try to watch as much as the World Series as we could. Like, we were very limited with television channels, so we didn't always get to watch the World Series. But we always knew what was going on right. in the World Series. Like, there was just certain things that we always came together and watched. And it didn't matter summer or winter. My, fa I mean, like, legitimately, Sunday was my parents' anniversary. And I got online with my family, and we played dice. And we all had the television on and we were watching the Olympics together playing. I mean, like, it just was something like my whole family enjoyed. And it like there was a point where I was like, man, my dream would be like a softball player in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. You know, like I legitimately was like that kid. I mean, clearly it didn't happen. But I was that kid who was like, I want to go to the Olympics one day. And there's just something about it. Like, I love, it's, like, beyond the athleticism of it. And it's beyond the sport. Like, you see people who have a passion and a drive. You see people who, like, work towards something their whole lives. And they either have a major disappointment and they learn something new from it. Mm -hmm. Or they achieve, like, their ultimate goal. Right. And they learn something from it. But it's, like, there's also, like, I, like, I personally feel, like, a true American pride when I see these people representing America. Mm -hmm. Because it's, like, man, like, 
this is showing like what America has. And I feel like on a nice competitive level, like you see these people and they interact with each other in international events all the time. They're not going and competing against strangers. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like the Olympics tries to achieve and show that you can compete and still be comrades and still be, be able to be like, Hey, we have differences, but we can still do something on a level that's bigger than ourselves. And I mean, it might be naive of me, but I totally buy into that. But also, I think it's good. The, think night, it's nice like, thing. the neurotic part of me is like, I legitimately remember sitting down and watching like the 88 Olympics or like, mm-hmm. like seeing things from the past where I can sit here and be like, oh yeah, Carl Lewis, yeah, you know, and like spout off facts where all the facts, it's not all the facts. But, you know, it's like, like, (laughs) I love, I follow the Olympics on Instagram. I love seeing all the old clips. I love seeing where sports were and where they, where they're at now. Mm -hmm. Like gymnasts, like the gymnasts. It's um, so different from, from like the fifties to now. Yeah. Like even the seventies to now, like there's things that they were allowed to do in gymnastics in the seventies that are highly illegal now. Like you are not allowed to do this stuff. And, um, Nadia, she got a perfect 10, like, and almost half of her routine is completely illegal. Yeah. Part of that's because they've heightened the the poles and they've like spread them apart a little bit more. So it's very dangerous to do Mm -hmm. some of that stuff. But it's also just, like, where you push it and where you take things. And earlier, the conversation that we were having earlier is that <laughs> Sean White <laughs> um, retired. And this was his last Olympics. It was his fifth Olympics. Mm-hmm. And I was very upset because he got fourth place and I cried. And then I saw his interview and I cried some more. And it's like, does Sean White have an everyday impact on my life? No. But there's, like, still impact on my life with yeah. that. But it's also, like, watching the stuff that he did, he did the last five Olympics, because this one included, and then seeing what is coming out of what he created, like, it's, like, he, like, he set that in place, and right. now this, like, growing even more. And, like, it's just, you see the evolution of it, and it's, like... Mm-hmm. It's so much fun to watch it. I will sit and watch sports during the Olympics that I would never watch. Yeah. On a normal day. Also, I think you're the one who introduced me to curling. curling. And I think you probably could still be a curler if you really wanted to. I, I probably could. There. I probably could. But Josie, so this segment isn't just about Olympic Josie. Okay. <laughs> Quite frankly, Sheila asked me why we took that little break. She was like, do you have things prepared? I said, no. I'm literally just going to release the Kraken and see what he <laughs> wants to talk about. <laughs> um, like, so, is this inspired by the conversation we had the other night? Honestly, I almost didn't choose it because of that conversation because I was <laughs> like, I won't have anything to add. But Sheila, I was talking to her for a second, and she went on like this. I don't want to use the word rant, but very <laughs> passionate conversation of just like five minutes. 
and I caught myself tuning out because it was just she was just like talking it was very good stuff but it was like mm-hmm. I I haven't paid atten- a lick of attention to the Olympics this year and I don't know why but normally I do and it was just one of those things where she just went in and I was like I don't think I can make this a topic because like I don't know. It'll be a three-hour episode, but um, no, I'll repeat myself, and I probably won't say all that stuff that I said. (laughs) I have to say, I we normally watch, and I think so. We cut the cable cord a couple years ago. Um, I know I can get like the Peacock app on our TV, and we just haven't done it. Um. Or on my phone, and I can, and I just we just haven't done it. We've been busy. Yeah. We we do school. We are not a TV family. No, we are. That's the thing is, we are. But like, by the time I get done doing all my son's Olympic activities, gymnastics and swimming, like I come home, I do dinner, and then I'm like, we eat. And... You're experiencing your own Olympics. I'm like, I got, I got Sheila Dash Olympics going on right now, but yeah, like, so like, we've just been tired and like, like I fought, like I, I, I didn't watch Nathan Chen's, um, performance when it aired. I saw it like after he had already won. Mm-hmm. It, it's a great performance, you know, like, I'm so glad he got it this time. Um, I have been kind of following like just like COVID chaos of China. Mm-hmm. It seems to have been, it just seems like more of a hot mess than maybe like how Japan handled it. And I don't know if it's because Omicron is like making it worse or is yeah, it just five times worse? Is it a China thing? I think like Omicron is making it? it worse, but China was also trying to prove a point. That they were going to have a COVID-free Olympics. So they were putting things in place that I don't think were as successful as they wanted. Yeah. So um, I just feel that. Because also like Japan, they were limiting who could come. come. There were athletes that were limiting when they traveled in and what they were doing. The opening ceremonies were actually not as big as they normally are. Yeah. Because a lot of athletes, when normally they would come like that entire that entire two week or two and a half week span, they were choosing not to do that. They were choosing not to participate in the the opening ceremony because they wanted to focus on other things. They wanted to stay away, not get sick. Mm-hmm. There were um, they still wanted all of the countries who had athletes to be represented. So there were like there were countries where the athletes weren't at the opening ceremony yet or chose not to walk to be safe, where they had volunteers walking for them to make sure that they were still represented. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, I don't know if there was something going on with flights and stuff like that, because I feel like I've been reading a lot of stories of athletes even struggling to get into the country. Yeah. And it actually just even happened, I think it was yesterday, there was a speed skater who flew in. Something happened. They got late. They arrived to the games just in time to practice. None of their luggage made it. And there was another skater from the Netherlands that let them a pair of skates so so they could still participate in the races. Can you imagine how much stuff. that would throw you off? Because they have everything. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> kind of custom to them, yeah. Yeah. When you break them in for your foot and yeah. Yeah, um, no, it's just like I just feel like things have been like really chaotic. Um like you're you're hearing stories about athletes that they tested positive and then they're testing negative all in the same day and then they're testing positive again and then they're pulling them out of their bed in the middle of the night and and quarantining them. It, it, I mean, it just feels very I just feel like there's better ways to handle this. Yeah. And um, so I feel for a lot of the um, the athletes right now and what they're going through. I really wish they didn't have to go through um, what it's they're going through. It's just an extra stressor when you're already. Yeah. I mean, like, if, a high you're stress- the, if you're in the sports yeah. world, like, this is literally, like, the Oscars. Like, this is the yeah. big stage. Like, this is the biggest stage for like sports yeah in the world and then you have that stuff on top of it that you're having to deal with it's right. definitely some added stressors on it yeah. and then you have some of the political stuff that's coming up where mm. you know russia Ru- oh or, no well yeah russia and Ruc- the ukraine and stuff like that but even just with china like china how they're treating certain people yeah uh, and even so like the opening ceremonies, one of the things that they did in the opening ceremonies was they had the Chinese flag go from one side of the stadium to the other. And they had one, well, I think it was two, because I think it was like across. So 54 regions of China and all of them were there in their traditional dress for that region Mm -hmm. in China or state or whatever they call it in in the country. And all of them were lined up pulling the flag across in their traditional dress. And it was like a major thing of contention because right now it's very well known that some of these regions are not being treated fairly they're uh, not yeah. treated right. They're very, like, they're not being treated treated humanely at all. Mm-hmm. And they were like, China's, tri- it was kind of, the announcers didn't say this, but it was almost like communist China was trying to show that they were amazing right. and everything was perfectly fine. I'm not saying that that's what they said, because I'm not trying to get people at us or, like, mad at us or anything, but... It very much had that feel of, like, China's perfect. Look at all of us get along. All of us are going to touch the Chinese flag as it goes, gets closer and closer to the pole mm-hmm. because we're all a part of China and we're all the people of China. And they made a point in the opening ceremonies to talk about that because the U.S. didn't send any of their delegates yep. that they normally send in protest They didn't want to stop athletes from going over because they didn't want to punish the athletes for it. And then a lot of people were saying, well, why did China even get the Olympics? Because the human rights issues have always been there. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. Also, I don't think everybody fully understands that the Olympics is picked like eight years, like the place where the Olympics is going to be at is picked like eight or 10 years in advance. It's not like two years. It's not like four years ago. They were like, okay, we're going to go to Beijing. Well, And it's expensive and it's very, you have to, I feel like less people, less countries are, 
putting their name in, especially for the Winter Olympics, because you have to have certain criteria, which Mm -hmm. we're actually seeing in Beijing right now, is that there's just not enough snow. Mm -hmm. Even environmentally right now, like this, where it's at right now, it's not like a great. So the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics is the first games to use 100% artificial snow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And Which I wonder how often that'll have to do, not to get even more political, but with global warming, like how often that'll have to be in the future. Anyway. So there was an article that was released about 30 minutes ago, and it's what an absolute waste. 343 million gallons of water is being used to make artificial snow. Yeah. That was the other thing about China hosting. It wasn't that China was hosting. It's that Beijing was hosting because Beijing doesn't get the snowfall. But if you're actually watching the Olympics and you're watching these athletes, these athletes are dealing with conditions that they've literally never dealt with before because it's 100% artificial snow. Yeah. And so you're getting falls that you're not used to seeing. Mm -hmm. You're seeing things that are uncharacteristic. Yeah. I mean, is it like it's ice, it's fake snow. So yes, technically it's still snow, but it packs differently. It like, it's just totally different. And even though it's been really cold, I mean, like, there's parts of these courses that are just pure ice because of how it's, like, how the sun and then the the cold is, like, melting Melting. it and, like, bringing it all back together. And, like, that's the other thing about it is, like, when you do a bit, so, like, a couple years, well, not a couple years ago, however many years ago. A thousand years ago. Chicago was putting in bids for the 2016 olympics Mm -hmm. and rio ended up getting it obviously Mm -hmm. chicago did not get it and so like because we were like bidding and like so many chicagoans and like people in the like illinois and everybody wanted it there was a bunch of articles about like how you get it like when you put in a bid to be a hosting city you have to show what stadiums and facilities you already have you have to show what you have to build. You have to show how much it's going to cost. And you have to show what those buildings and facilities will be used for afterwards. Because mm-hmm. they basically don't want you to build stuff and then just have it sit there or build stuff and then tear it down. You don't want what happened to Greece to happen. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. Like, part of the reason why Beijing got it was because Beijing is using some of the summer facilities yeah. that they used for the Summer Olympics. Oh, and uh, six years ago? No, I was in Japan. Uh, so was it? Was it? Wait, wait, was it Japan? Or was that? Was it 2008? I think it was 2008. I feel like I was in Japan for Summer Olympics because that was Sean Johnson, right? The year Sean Johnson. Um, not in the summer. Oh, Sean Johnson. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It was 2008. Well, Tokyo used their old stadiums that they've used over the years mm-hmm. um because i actually when we lived in japan i went to a few things that were at the old arena that they used for um gymnasts mm-hmm. and or whatever you want to call it well that's what i think it's interesting too is like for people like myself who are not as fully invested mm-hmm. in the olympics i always thought that like everything was in that location, like everything is really tight knit when they talk about the Olympic Village 
And it wasn't until like I really came, I think until I moved to Atlanta, that I really understood of like how far out a lot of these facilities actually were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Well, because like the the Olympic Village is really where they live and it's like the main headquarters of everything. And now they started this, um, they started it at uh, Pyeongchang where they have like a medal facility or like a medal award area basically. And then, so some of the venues do the award ceremony right away, and some of them you have to travel to it yeah. to this other facility to get your awards. So, like the other night, Nathan Chen he won his gold at the actual arena where they were at doing the figure skating. They stood up on the podium in front of the audience that they performed in, which this year I think it was like eight. 800 people are allowed in the figure skating arena and, and the facility. And this facility holds, I think, like 10 to 12,000 people to just kind of give perspective of like how small the, the mm-hmm. um, audience is. So they did something for the people who were there where they were given the panda with the mm-hmm. wreath. And yeah. it's in like it's in a clear plastic shell that's supposed to represent the ice of the Winter Olympics. It's like very symbolic. Mm-hmm. And their panda is the mascot for this year's Olympics. So they were given that. that mascot. That mascot is adorable. It's real cute. I think uh, one of the Olympics, Olympians should give me one. <laughs> absolutely. Shout Olympian out to any Olympians listening to our podcast. I don't know any this year. Yeah. So they, <laughs> so they got that for that part of the ceremony. Yeah. And then they actually had to go somewhere else to get their medals. So, and that's when they played the anthem and they did everything. Yeah. And so even with like Atlanta Olympics back in like what ninety six, um, <laughs> I was like ninety eight, and I was like, no, that's not right. Um, I always think it's ninety eight, but it was ninety six because I, w- yeah. I, was, I was the same thing. I was with two thousand was, with was Sheila, Barcelona. But you were just so definitive. You're like ninety six. Well, because two thousand was Barcelona. And it, yeah. It's like I know I knew I know 2000 for like a family reason. That's why I know. So we um also a lot of 2000 was in Barcelona. Mm, It was Australia. Sorry, Sydney. Um, Sorry, no. 2000 was um Australia. 2004 was Greece, and a bunch of people thought the 2001 should have been Greece because it was like on the millennium, and it was like a whole thing that. Sydney got it before Greece got it. So going back to what I was going to say with Atlanta is we go to Columbus and that's actually where I met and uh, went and visited or not visited. Andy and I met up a couple weeks ago and on one of our visits, we saw this really nice uh, like baseball field complex and we're like, man, that's a really nice complex. And Eric went around, went and did something and, Somebody said something and they're like, oh, yeah, that was the um, softball field complex for the Olympics in 96. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize they had it that far. The thing is, is like I thought Columbus was a lot farther than it was. It's only like an hour and a half. But 
That was mm-hmm. still a lot farther than I ever would have thought the things would have been. It apart. was a bit farther than yeah. I had imagined yeah. that it would have been. Baseball, especially since soccer. Atlanta has so much more closer yeah. than Columbus. Like, there's yeah. some other places that are just a lot more close. You know, like Mary Marietta is that the place? I always see it on the map. I never yes. go. But I'm just like, I don't know what's there, but it's a bit. You know, it's closer to Atlanta than Columbus, but whatever. You know. But it's a nice facility. It's a great facility. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I also would like to point out, ladies and gentlemen that are listening to us, Josie is watching the Olympics as we're filming this. Right. I, I know. Recording. I know she knows cheering. what Sheila just said, but I'm not 100% sure she does. No, I do. I know, but like watching your face, you were like. <laughs> Just Sorry. full staring They're off, doing... like it looked like you were fully focused. Well, no. when we first started recording this episode, she looked up and she was like, arms up in the air, and like if she could scream, she could, but she knew she couldn't because Andy was like counting us down to like record, or maybe he was introducing. Yeah. I don't remember, but it was funny. Maybe I'll. Uh, I've got a problem. I got an I Olympic also problem. texted Sheila when we were talking about it beforehand, which we had already we had already started to stop. I was like, stop talking about the Olympics. I was like, it's the secret topic because I didn't want you to give away all your passionate and talk. Oh, I was only talking about Sean White because Sean White popped up. That's the only no, but like it was still like you know a lot of times when we we try not to talk about topics beforehand. Yeah, then it'll just be like it's not the same, and so like. But we do. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of the times, like the bigger things, like soccer, hockey. Um, baseball, like a lot of that stuff, those are like way further out and not like in the main buildings yeah. that are like around the the stuff. I feel like it's a lot easier in the summer Olympics to have like the large arena for the ceremonies because that's usually also the same the same facility where they do like all the track and field and like yeah. all of that stuff. Where like the winter, I don't feel like it's really the same thing like that. Total side note, I do want to go back for a second because we were talking about the artificial snow and I scrolled down a little bit further and it said um, the resulting snow consists of billions of tiny spherical balls of ice. It may resemble natural snow to the naked eye on a ski run, but the natural and artificial snow feel very different. And that's, like, one of the things, because even when you're in an Olympics where you get, like, the natural snow and you have all of that, you have people who are down the course where they talk about how the, the as a team, like, a U.S. Olympic team, like, we could be three skiers competing our own so- scores, but as a U.S. team, we're, we're going to tell, tell each other universe. things and be like, yeah. yo, like, this turn is slick. Keep it tight on this turn. Do this. Do that. So they're, like, constantly... Like, they're constantly talking about the conditions and taking that stuff into consideration. I mean, this Olympics in particular, like, you have the human rights stuff. People are kind of pissed that, like, China even got it. They're pissed that Beijing even got it. And then, like, I feel like China was very much like, we are going to prove ourselves because Mm -hmm. the last two years, I'm not even going to say it, but, you know that you have that whole element but then on top of it you also have other big things like North Korea was banned because of how they reacted at the Tokyo Olympics so you have that now 
you have like you have a lot of athletes that are kind of doing their last thing or they don't know if they're going to retire or not. They have gone to multiple Olympics. Sean yeah. is the one that we were talking about before because I cried when I mm-hmm. saw his stuff. Like this was his last Olympics. But there's other people that you don't know if it's going to be their last Olympics or not. You know, Jason Brown was a figure skater for the U.S. He's an amazing artistic figure skater. Like, a figure skater that, like, this is why the sport of figure skating exists. Like, this is probably going to be his last Olympics. Nathan Chen hasn't officially said he's not going to return. His big focus the next two years is going to be school because he's going to Yale. He did two years, took some time off to focus on the Olympics. He has two years to complete. I mean, he might not be returning to the next Olympics. You have some Japanese. uh, There's a Japanese skater. This was his third Olympics. He's probably not going to be in the Olympics anymore. You have some skiers, like Norwegian and uh, Austrian skiers, who, like, they're not going to be competing anymore. Like, there's so many. You have athletes who, like, who were like the the face of the Olympics yeah. like yeah. in the 2000s that are like not really going to be around anymore and it's, it's exciting because you're going to see new faces but it's also sad because it's an, the end of an era like there was a lot of stuff happening in the 2000s with like all the different Olympics yeah so you have all I think that with that though I think with that we have to think about like every generation has kind of had this like Mm-hmm. Sean White is kind of ours where like we we saw him yeah. kind of grow into this. We even saw it with um Michael Phelps, you know, with swimming. Yeah. We see them kind of like we we see him and like Michael Phelps like he was what I don't know was it 4 or 5 like Olympics? I think he was um, 16. Was 5. Sean um, White, I think he was 5. Um 5 or maybe 6 Olympics. Sean White was the same way. He was yeah. six, 15, 16 when he so started. They're young, they're young babies essentially, and they're doing this. And I mean, so just think of it. It's like what we were talking about earlier, Tom Brady, you know. Tom Brady like was NFL plus his college, you know, time, which essentially college football is in a way almost like NFL football. It's Yeah. It it's that like intense depending on your school. But, you know, like 25, 30 years and with Olympics, it's, you know, you're, you're, you do Olympics every four years, but on top of that, you're doing world every year and yeah, whatever other national competitions, international competitions. Yeah. Like they've just, it's not like we haven't seen them. It's just, you tend to hear and see about them more unless you follow like things like Eric was a skier. I don't talk about this often, but Eric could have been in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to ski with um, Bodie Miller and um, what's her name? Vaughn. Lindsay. Lindsay Vaughn. Lindsay Vaughn. Um, I didn't know if you were going to go peekaboo or Lindsay. I oh, was like, because peekaboo was like just yeah, older no, and Lindsay was like, um, the one they, I think peekaboo was um, at a couple meets that, if not him, <clears throat> his sister and or mm-hmm. brother like they all they all skied um but like he he could have done it he was like in the junior olympics um but it's a lot of time it's a lot of money it yeah it's hard on your body and right um 
and you know like Vaughn she was gonna try um this year and I, I, I want to say sometime in the fall or maybe over the summer she had announced it it, it just wasn't gonna happen her her knees were yeah. just too yeah fast. she had had some knee surgeries and stuff like that yeah. she's yeah. announcing for this one yeah oh is she yeah. um it's just like our bodies break down you know i'm like a lot of these people they're well, you're doing old. an extreme sport and you're yeah. Yeah. you're competing like at a high level so you're training at a high level and yeah. your body's going through things it is interesting though too because the other thing that i really love about the olympics is that you don't realize what sports are popular throughout the world until yeah. you see this. The reason why I bring this up is Sheila mentioned Lindsey Vaughn and like they were talking about the sports because one of the skiers, Michaela, uh, what, what's, uh, I want to say Michaela, Michaela Skinner is her last name, but I could be messing it up. She was the favorite this year for the, for the U S mm-hmm. the U S this year has a very low medal count. Yes. Very low. We're usually in the top five, top three. I don't think we're even in the top ten. We were top twelve, I think, one of the last times. Yeah, one of the last times I looked, we were just in the top twelve. And I think we were (laughs) twelfth. But um, I know that we've gotten some golds and stuff since then, so we could have gone up a little bit. But we were talk like she was the favorite for the slalom and then another thing and she like the slalom race she literally was out almost right out of the shoot like seven yeah. seconds in and she was out of the race and it was just because she went straight and didn't wasn't able to she turn missed, fast enough yeah. she missed turn um were- so to update you on medal count Germany's number one was seven gold four silver um no bronze norway six three and five u.s five five and one so we only have oh. 11 right now oh so we bumped up a lot because we bumped up I which think. i didn't look at it today i looked at that yesterday yeah. and i know that we won a lot yesterday so like they were talking to Lindsay vaughn about like michaela and how like they were like well how big is this and they were talking about how much support she was getting from the world and everything like mm-hmm. that and she was like, well, you know, like skiing, like a lot of people love skiers. Yeah. And it's like, this is not a sport in America. She was like, I can like Lindsay Vaughn was like, I cannot walk anywhere in Europe without getting stopped mm-hmm. yeah. because Europeans love skiing that much. Like our Tom Brady's and like the baseball players, the yeah. football players like that's skiers in Europe. And so it's so funny to me because it's like everybody gets so hung up on American football. And and I mean, I love baseball, so I'm not even going to put baseball on that. And baseball really is kind of like a world sport now. Yeah. But, you know, like American football and just like basketball and like some of these other things. And it's like there's all of these other amazing sports that we have athletes that compete in this stuff. And people don't even know these sports exist. And they're like, what is this? You know, I mean, Andy, it's like it's like your cousin or your cousin, your niece with archery. I'm like, is she going to stick with this? Like, she could definitely go to the Olympics with this. And she stays on track. She's actually competing tomorrow. She just went to nationals last week. And I think she placed. Oh, 
I feel like I'm going to say 12th, but I can't tell if that's like this, but like she and the entire nation, like even like somewhere around the top 10 in her age group is crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I was talking about like why I remember the 2000 Olympics as the summer Olympics. Obviously I had the country wrong at first, (laughs) but the reason, (laughs) I know the reason why I know that, and at 92 was Barcelona, by the way. It was, I was born I was like, Olympics I in the like wrong Barcelona. way. I'm like, I thought that was when I was like a kid. But I felt like okay. I just had to throw that out there so people knew I knew what it was. I just love how this is the moment that I feel like this is Olympic Josie. <laughs> She's like, I knew it. I'm going to need to clarify it. This is yeah. what's happening. But okay. But the reason why I knew the 2000 Olympics was the Summer Olympics was because my cousin was a wrestler. And he wrestled in college. And at one point, he was 15th in the nation. And he was a favorite to compete to go to the 2000 Olympics. And he blew out his knee. Uh, and he had to stop also, wrestling. That was also the year we had um, uh, the guy from Wyoming. Yeah. He, he went to um, the 2000 Olympics. Uh, Ju- uh, Ru- Ruben? Yes. And he, uh, he yes, Ruben. Stuttered. No, no. But, and he was from um, Afton, Wyoming. Afton. He did Greek, uh, Greco-Roman wrestling or something like that. Yeah. And he went to the Greek Olympics also, the ones in Greece. I feel like I should clarify it because I don't feel like y'all caught the joke. I knew it wasn't stuttered. No, I got cause... the joke. It's not funny. We're talking about the Olympics. We're talking about <laughs> just kidding. a Wyoming person. <laughs> One, we're talking Olympics. about a Wyoming person. Two, we are talking about the Olympics. And he got a medal, all right? Side note. Yeah. My cousin actually was a figure skater, and she yeah. actually moved to compete with Olympic people. But like how you talked about, like, one injury can take you out. Yeah. Her spine, like, started to get too compressed. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if it was something about doing the flips and the like, whatever, like she just couldn't do them. Like she could do them, but they are very dangerous for her. But she oddly went on to play lacrosse and like played that in college. So I don't know if it's because of the like different muscles, different yeah. things of different impact. You can twist your back, but you're not like ju- the impact of going up going, and down. Ooh, and yeah. yeah. And you're landing hard. Um, yeah. On that ice. Like, yeah. Sorry, I, mean, I didn't mean to derail. No, you're totally you're fine. fine. But it's, I mean, it's really interesting to me that that you see these sports, and that's just why I love the Olympics because I never, I never watch fencing. We have Americans who go for fencing, and it's, I would never be able to tell you if there was a fencer, you know, like walking next to me. But there's other countries where they could tell you that stuff, and I. I just find it really fascinating that skiers are, like, so, I don't know, like, immortalized or whatever. Like, they have and other these places, fans yeah. and this following that, like, Lindsey Vaughn, she's like, I could go anywhere in the U.S. and nobody's going to know who I am. But I can, I, she's like, I can hardly walk anywhere through Europe. I also right. think it might be part of just the thing of, like, this is maybe a strong generalization, but, like, I think it just might be something that, like, that's just kind of something they do over there. Like, they go to the Alps. They go to do something, like, that might just be more of, like, taking the the train and going and doing that than, like, anybody here would do, even though we have a lot of mountain areas. I think it depends, like, I think it depends on your region, because I feel like in Wyoming, they're, like, oh, we have our, we have, yeah, we have our, we have ski teams, and... Well, yeah, it was a, it was a class you could take at my college, because I was in the mountains of North Carolina, but, like... I 
I don't know if she's more obviously engrossed in their culture of like this is Mm -hmm. just kind of like what you do well it's also interesting because a lot of the snowboarders are from California and I don't think of California as a state that has like mountains and snow but then you have like there are re- there are mountains. Yeah. There is snow. I mean, so that's from, where they go, and you know. So from like LA to Big Bear, which has um, skiing, and a lot of people go up there. Um, I think that's only like maybe a three-hour drive. It could yeah. be four. So it's, it's basically it, like five different states out there in terms of temperature. Yeah. Like so, but like Southern right. California, which they you just, just don't think of Bear. it. Yeah. 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 Like, like, you just, like, California is not a state. Like, if you say skiing, I think, like, Wyoming, Colorado, Michigan. Do um, you think Oregon? No. Mount Hood. <laughs> I, but I know Mount but Hood. I know that you could, like. Denver. Even Washington. Even Washington well, Denver's Colorado. Colorado. Oh, I didn't hear you say Colorado. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, Wyoming, Colorado. Even Utah. I mean, Idaho, like. I mean, I know that, like, there's stuff in there. Yes. Like, I know there's, I know that Oregon and Washington State are both, they both have regions that get, like, heavy snow and stuff like that. I just don't really think about it because I think West Coast, I just don't think yeah. snow. And so I think that's part of it, too. I mean, yeah, Europe uh, is a lot more condensed. It's, a, I think, to Andy's point, like, the the hobbies and stuff, it's a lot more condensed. Yeah. Of, like, what there is to do. It's easier to go into maybe some other um, countries to do a lot of that stuff where, obviously, Americans going to Europe to do that stuff, it's a lot more difficult. And Yeah, for sure. Well, I was going to say, you talking about Sean White, too, and how it was, like, everyone, like, Sheila, you kind of brought up how, like, everyone kind of goes through seeing, like, their people come up and go down. I think a little bit of difference with this one is the fact that, like, we literally watched the X Games come into existence. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so not only did we watch it come into existence, we watched him take it from that to the Olympics and then, yeah, like, yeah. go on the global stage. So, like, I feel like this one's, like, maybe slight. I'm, like, I'm not that invested, but I'm curious if it's, like, like maybe a little different. Yeah. I think it's also really important to give a shout-out to Chloe Kim. She got her second gold back-to-back American half-pipe for the snowboarding. She's amazing. She I would like so to give awesome. her a shout-out for what I saw on Instagram, where she took her – it might have been Instagram. I know I went off platform. <laughs> she took her uh, – she was – interviewing and she took her shot and she shot it and she was like i'm starving does anyone have snacks and then people just kept giving her snacks so apparently that is something that she does all the time but i guess like she always does this like when she's being interviewed like after a while she's like say we have any snacks i'm hungry like and this is just their thing and they feed her they love her and so they feed her a reporter was like well what do you think about everything so far she's like i found really good churros The medal count, we're tied for fifth place now. Okay. And with Germany, United States, and Italy for the amount of medals. Norway is now number one. Austria is number two. Well, I wanted to go back real quick to the who the wrestler was from Wyoming. And his name is Rulon Gardner, not Ruben. I was thinking, I was thinking Elon. And I was like, I know it's not Elon. And then you said Ruben. And I was like, that sounds right. But it's Rulon. So we were both right. 
It was well, somewhere my, there. in my head. Half of half of I was right. Half of I, I was mean, right. I mean, we we got where he was from, correct? Yeah. Which is Wyoming, and we got that he went to both Olympics, the yeah. 2000 and the 2004. We just couldn't remember his name. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that, and we're sorry, <laughs> Rulon, that we messed up your name the first time. Um. Yeah. So we were just talking about Wyoming Olympians, and I just wanted to find the name of Jalen. Cough. I hope I said her last name right. And she just brought home the silver back to Alta, yeah. Wyoming for skiing. Yeah. So congratulations. Her okay. parents are like world class type skiers. Like I think they had um they had been X game skiers at one point, if mm-hmm. I remember what I read from the article. So it it's in her blood and they Yeah. They do this all the time. Yep. So I told Eric, I'm like, oh, she's from Alta and she won. And he's like, oh, so she's from your favorite ski resort. And I was like, I don't like Grand Targhee. Leave me alone. <laughs> There's like, it's it's a lovely place. I just had a really bad experience. Olympic Josie Ann. Mm-hmm. To round out this topic. Mm-hmm. Do you have a parting thought? Russia needs to be banned officially with all of these drugs. I feel so bad for this 15-year-old mm-hmm. skater because she's literally susceptible to the adults around her and what is given to her. We didn't even get into that. Right. Um, well, on the podcast, <laughs> we did not get into that. We, we did it before the podcast. Yeah. No, that's actually not my parting thought. My parting thought is just that I really hope that like, I, I don't want the Olympics to lose its popularity because I think it really is a good thing for the world. It's a good thing to see these people do these things. I love watching the athleticism that comes out of these people and the things that they come up with and what they do. I don't follow just American Olympians. There's a lot of Olympians from other countries that I follow and a lot of other countries that I follow. That, I mean, this is just why it's so exciting. Like, Spain got their first Olympic medal, I think, in the half pipe. Mexico has their first ice skater. Yeah, they had their very first ice skater ever compete. And he actually made it to the freestyle because he did so well in the short program. I think that's what's really great. Like Jamaica came back for the bobsled again this year for the first time since like they did it. Oh my gosh. I'm literally about to say, I wonder when that movie about Disney about the first um, Mexican runnings will happen. Yeah. Cool runnings. I I think that came out in the early nineties and I think they Mm -hmm. did that in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, part of the reason why I get like this is just because it makes me like so excited and I want other people excited to get excited about it too. Yeah. And it just happens to be sports stats that I will actually remember. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a great way to kind of connect to other parts of the world. The NBC, I don't feel like they do it as much anymore. And let's even talk about the announcers. Can we get Bob Costas back? I love him. <laughs> but I mean, like, NBC used to do really amazing bits about, like, the country, like, the host countries. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just that you were watching these 
athletes from all around you the world. Learning. Like you're learning, you're about, learning the about other parts of the country, like the world and things that they do. So I just think it's a great way to kind of get a little bit more culture and like world understanding. Yeah. Cause you can kind of understand where other people come from. And when you do that, it can maybe start a place of like understanding and, and really like togetherness because ultimately like deep down, a lot of us all just want the same thing. We just maybe go around about different ways of actually getting to it. And I just kind of wish that more of the world would act the way you do during the Olympics because you are competing against these people, but there is like a real camaraderie between all the different countries that are competing, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I know we tease you about Olympic Josie, but. I don't. Andy teases me about it. I do. And I will continue to, but it is cool to see you so passionate about something. Um, And actually I don't mind Olympic Josie when it comes to winter Olympics, because that's really more my speed. (laughs) <laughs> the summer ones where I'm like, people just running in circles, I'm out. <laughs> JK goes, y'all are athletes, I am not. Um, <laughs> but I think it is time to panic resolve the episode. Um, no, so. Let's get his panic goodbye. I was <laughs> well. I was going to transition because I've never. I don't ever talk about this. I was going to transition and be like, you know, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, email all at potheads who read. And I realized I don't ever say that, and so I second guessed everything that was about to come. So out now you just mouth. said it. Now you just so said, you said it. Just so, said now it. Now we so it's awesome. So email us at potheads who read two mm-hmm. T's in that pot at gmail.com. Join us on all the different platforms because I know I could use some love on Twitter. I'm going to try to be better. It's me. He doesn't like me on Twitter, apparently. No, you do. You are consistent. I would just love for one other person to like the tweet. <laughs> Sometimes somebody else says I don't know who they are, though. Although no, no, we, we, did, one. we did get the author of our last book to um, comment on his tweet. So, yay! Hey. We're fangirling. Um, don't forget to rate and review us, follow and like us. I didn't even talk about curling. <laughs> well, we'll save curling for another episode. <laughs> and y'all can see that would be a forty-five so minute talk alone. <laughs> we kind of mentioned it. It's fine. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> The defeat. Go watch the Olympics, but they're probably going to be over by the time yeah. this gets put out. They'll be on demand for a little bit. Thank you for joining us. They won't be over. They're over on the 20th. All right. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.